The world's Laura Lynch joins us now from Syria. She's back in Damascus. And Laura, sounds like a long day for you. You were able to get to homes, but what kind of restrictions are there on your movements generally in Syria? Well, what's happened now, the the, the rules of the game seem to be that for foreign journalists, uh, the government really doesn't want us to go to a lot of places, the reasoning being from them that it it is simply too dangerous to go. But the fact is, you can't get through those, those checkpoints without government permission or now with the UN monitors. And so the government is now telling us if you go with the UN monitors, that's fine. You can head out with them. And increasingly, journalists are turning to doing that. But Marco, I tell you, this going with the UN is an interesting exercise all in itself. Yeah, what is it like? What happens is that um, the night before you're, you're hoping to go out, you get in touch with the UN and you tell them of your interest in heading out. And then uh, they will tell you perhaps later in the evening what time you need to be at the UN headquarters in the morning, but they won't tell you where you're going. And they also make it very clear to you that you are not embedding with the UN, that you are simply being allowed to follow them. And you can follow them to where they're going and you can get through the checkpoints that way, but you are not with them per se. So showed up this morning and found out that we were going to Homs. Uh, There were other journalists too, and uh, eventually the UN trucks moved out and came out of the building and headed onto the highway. And then we just raced after them. It was like going out in a convoy on the highway up to Homs, and we had to keep up with them all the way. Right. And how many monitors did you follow this morning? Well, we we took one convoy up to Homs, which was actually um, uh, affecting a changeover uh, in monitors there because there are some stationed there in Homs permanently. And then when we went into the districts with the monitors who are stationed there, I would say there were roughly half a dozen of them. And when you think about the fact that that this is a big city and a lot of territory to cover, it doesn't strike you as a lot. Now, the UN has maintained that they are making a difference here. And when you do talk to people, that they do say the level of violence has definitely gone down. But it, as you can hear, as you heard in my report, it does, it isn't ending yet. And the UN is hoping that it can get 300 monitors in here within the next few weeks. Right. So once you were in homes, how close did you stick to the monitors or did they stick to you? We left the hotel in Homs where they were stationed and drove into Khalidia first and that took a few minutes. It's very close. It's very close and you you change from one reality to another. But then the monitors drove off on their own. We were we were left at this checkpoint where we were told it was at, at our own risk to go any further. The monitors continued and we did not go any further. They drove right into what you might call the heart of the action. Um, I didn't see them again for the rest of the day. Uh, we were in Khalidia for a while, and then we went over to Baba Amr on our own uh, and were let through because they knew that the UN was there and they were looking around and the journalists were coming in too. So we were allowed into Baba Amr under that proviso, um, also understanding that uh, the shooting and the shelling has ended in Baba Amr, so it's considered to be a relatively safe place to go. You know, it's interesting, this, this district in Baba Amr in your story, just uh, in, in your story not so long ago, we were doing interviews on the program with people in that neighborhood in Baba Amr telling us about the daily violence. You met one woman who had returned to the district. Is she typical? Have a lot of people come back? No, I would not say that at all. It, it had a few more people in it than Khalidia did, which is an absolute ghost town. But uh, I would say that judging by the, what I saw, maybe 10% of the population has decided to come back. And I I think that's a matter of whether they feel safe, 
whether their homes actually survived the bombardment um, and how close and how strongly attached they feel to living in that district. For some people, have lived the, they've lived there all of their lives. And no matter what the place looks like now, no matter how much damage has been done, it's home for them and they want to be there. The world's Laura Lynch in Damascus. Thank you very much, Laura. You're welcome.